sounding okay up here? No. I, I just heard a no. <laughs> I, I, I saw a thumbs up from the soundboard, but I heard a no from everyone else. Am I okay? All right, there you have it. So let's go to Galatians. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Anyone need a Bible? Just raise your hand if you need a Bible. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. We are going through Galatians. We just started last week after being in the book of Mark for two years. Here we are in Galatians. I don't think it's going to be two years, but... We're going to take our time or the time that the Lord wants us to take. Verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he's, uh, he's speaking, he's writing here by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Word of God, the Bible, is God-breathed. It says that in the, in the book of 1 Timothy. It's God-breathed. And so God's breathing a word for you and I this morning. I marvel, meaning I I'm astonished, I'm shocked, verse 6, that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, meaning it's not a gospel at all. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert, meaning twist, the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now that means eternally damned. This is strong language. Important stuff. And just in case it didn't register, when he said it the first time, he repeats himself in verse 10, rather in verse 9. He says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For, I, for do I now persuade men? Or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, meaning man didn't make it up. Verse 12 For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, 
that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thanking you. Thanking you that you called us by your grace. Thanking you even more that what we just read in in, uh, verse 15, that it pleased you to do so. It says, but when it pleased God to call me into grace, it pleased you to call every man and woman in this room. It pleases you to do so. It's what you want. You want a relationship. You want to be joined to us, Lord. You want us, Lord. You want us more than we've ever wanted you, more than we can ever want you. You want us, and it pleased you. Your word says, it pleased you to call us into grace, into a relationship of love with you. Open up your word for us, Lord, now, please, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. If someone ever asked you what the definition of Christian was, what would you say? You might say a follower of Christ. I don't know that that's going to mean much to someone if if that's what you say. In verse 6, it actually has a definition of what Christianity is. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, the definition of Christian is embedded in there. It says... Heather, if you can wait to the queue. It says in verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, I marvel that you are turning away from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Let me repeat that. I marvel that you are turning away so soon who called you in the grace of Christ. Now, the definition is, is embedded in there. Grace, I mean, uh, Heather, can we have it? Victoria, uh, I see Victoria and Heather back there. I'm sorry. I was getting their names switched last week. So thank you. Thank you, Victoria. A Christian is a man or woman who has been called by God into the grace of Christ. That's what a Christian is. We read that in this verse. The Bible teaches you that the process of becoming a Christian, listen to me, Calvary Chapel, listen. The process of you becoming a Christian does not begin with you. It begins with God calling you. Can we have that again, Victoria? It says a Christian is a man or woman who has been called by God into the grace of Christ. And we're not just coming up with those words. It's right here in this verse. It says, I marvel that you are turning so uh, soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ. And so it begins, the Christian life begins, being a Christian doesn't begin with anything that you have done or could ever do. It begins by God calling you. Go down to verse 16 with me, please. 
verse 16, chapter 1, verse 16. It says in verse 16, it, it, it says, uh, rather verse 15, I'm sorry. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Same thing. That's what a Christian is. It's God initiating something with you. It's not the other way around. It's not you climbing some ladder or going up some a holy mountain on knees or, 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 or w trying through religious works to try to find God. It starts with God calling you. Why? Because he loves you and he made you, created you to love him. You were created to love God. He is love and the relationship with him began by him calling you. So what is this call? Again, verse six, it says, I marvel, I'm astonished that you are turning away so soon from him who called you. What, what is this call? What does this call from God sound like? Or maybe better put, what does it feel like? Well, it's in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. This is what the call is. Come to me. The call of God sounds like this. Come to me. And he calls you by name. He knows your name. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is what the call of God sounds like. Weary. Weary from what? Weary from trying to be good enough to deserve the love of God. Burdened. Burdened from what? Burdened from working as hard as you can to try to escape God's judgment of your guilty soul. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. When God calls you into the grace of Christ, he's calling you to stop. Stop it. Stop trying to be good enough for me. You'll never be good enough. When God is calling you, he is saying, stop. Stop trying to escape the judgment of God by trying hard enough to do religious works or whatever and simply come to Jesus. Again, Jesus says, what's the call sound like? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And why is it that God wants you to stop? Or why is it, better put, why is it that that's even possible for, that, that you can stop trying to be good enough and working hard enough? It's because Jesus did it all and Jesus paid it all. And you can't add to what Jesus did. He did it all and you can't add to what he paid. He paid it all. Jesus did it all for you by living a perfect life for you because Jesus paid it all for you by dying for your sin 
You are guilty before God and deserve death and he died for you. He died in your place. You can't die over again for yourself. He already died for you. And dying for yourself is not going to do any good, the Bible says. You needed a perfect lamb of God, a perfect substitute in your place on the cross. You can't do that. He did it for you. Jesus did it all for you. He gave it all for you. He paid it all for you. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 Puts it simply, it says, for Christ also died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That's a memory verse, by the way, 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also died for sins once for all. The righteous what is a right person? Someone who does right. For the unrighteous, what's an unrighteous person? Someone who doesn't do right. That he, Jesus, might bring us to God. Why is it that you can stop? I, I, this is so important. I want to put this up. Why is it that you can stop your trying to be good enough and working hard enough? Because Jesus did it all? And he paid it all. So again, what is a Christian? One more time, let's see it. A man or woman, and that means you, who has been called by God, and that means you, into the grace of Christ. More on that word grace in a little bit. But let's go back to Galatians chapter 1. Verse 6 again. Again, it says, I marvel, read along with me, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. To a different gospel. Now, it's really important that you get your definitions right. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Well, we already heard it. This is the gospel. The gospel's right here, again, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the gospel. That's the good news. I, got, I, I can stop that thing that's wearying me, trying to be good enough for God. I can stop that thing that's burdening me, trying to uh, work hard enough to escape God's judgment, and I can just come to Jesus. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The word gospel means good news. What is a different gospel? Again, it says, verse six, he says, I marvel, meaning I'm astonished, that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So what's a different gospel? A, dis a different go gospel, is, it's very simple. It's, it's this, it's, it's come to me and. Come to me and, and you just fill in the blank. Come to me and, and be circumcised is what these Galatians were being told. In other words, you have to come to Jesus and men, now you gotta go to that back room to be circumcised. Can, can we have it again, Victoria? It says, uh, come to me and 
you have to observe the religious feasts in order to become a Christian. You have to come to me and observe a Jewish feast, feast which meant three times a year you had to travel over, uh, over land and sea to get to Jerusalem. Come to me and eat kosher. No pork, no shellfish, no catfish. Come to me and wear the right clothes. So uh, these are Gentiles, remember? The Galatians are Gentiles. They're all non-Jews. They don't know about any of this. Por no, no pork, what are you, crazy? I love pork. Uh, no catfish. They were kind of like people from the South. No catfish. I'm not saying that, by the way. Uh, uh, but, 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 and, and then th there's also laws regarding dress. In the Old Testament, the, your, your, the fabric that you made your clothes with had to be a particular kind of fabric. They didn't know about this. So it was, come to me and, and a long litany of things. And, and, and man, woman, Christian, Calvary Chapel, people will be doing that to you to this very day. Galatians 5.1 says, stand fast in the liberty that was purchased for you on the cross. Why does it say stand fast? Because you're going to get people calling themselves Christians to pull you out of li that liberty day in and day out. Don't let them do it. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's faith in Jesus plus nothing. It's come to me plus nothing. It's not, can we have one more time? It's not come to me and. That's not what, that's a different gospel. And Paul is saying in verse six, he's saying, I can't believe so quickly you've turned to a different gospel. Let's continue in verse seven. Which is not another. And some who trouble you want to pervert the gospel, meaning twist the gospel. There are those that, there were those then. See, see what happened? Paul presented them the simple gospel. He, present, he had showed up there. No one knew about Jesus. They, they were, these people were non-Jews. They, they were what we would call affectionately today pagans. They didn't know anything about Jesus, Christ, much less about the cross or resurrection. But he came, he explained to them that Jesus died. He, he rose from the dead. Now, and now all you have to do is come to him. Believe in him. Believe what he did for you. And you enter into an everlasting relationship with God immediately. So Paul leaves after a while and then some people come in after him and they start twisting the gospel and troubling them. So these people are filled with joy. All of a sudden they find out three times a year they have to travel to Jerusalem. The, the men find out they have to go be circumcised. Uh, the people who are feasting on their clam bakes, no more. No more shellfish. And so what happens? A, a, a sort of a wet blanket is thrown on their joy. God saved you to be in a relationship of joy with him. He's not okay with when someone tries to change that. And that is why Paul says in verse 8, even if we or an angel from heaven shows up and preaches any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's strong language. 
He repeats himself in verse 9. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. God loves you that much. God loves you this much. He doesn't want anyone messing with that relationship of love that he has with you in which you are at rest, not thinking you got to do anything more for a relationship with him other than to believe in him and trust in him. And then, of course, walk in the spirit. And, and, and so it says in verse 10, let's continue. In verse 10, it says, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So what Paul, what's going on there? Why is he saying that? Why is he talking about, do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a servant of Jesus Christ. Well, he was up against the religion of man. The, the religion of man is all about trying more, trying more, trying more in the hope, a vain hope really, to try to get close with God. That's what the religion of man is about. The religion of man is about rules and rituals. The, uh, but Paul, he could have taken a different approach in order to please men. He could have done that. You know, Pharisees, and there, there are many people calling themselves the Christian, and they are Pharisees. They are what they call here Judaizers. They, they, they just want to make your life miserable with the law. In me, because I'm a man pleaser in my natural self, I like to, I'm a man pleaser, pray for me. I don't like that about me. It's not a healthy thing, especially for a pastor. It's so easy to please a Pharisee or a Judaizer or a, 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 someone calling themselves a Christian and saying, oh yeah, no, you guys gotta do this too. You guys gotta at least uh, uh, do three or four hymns during your worship set. Okay, you can have one that's not a hymn or whatever. If you don't know what I'm talking about, God bless you, just sing to the Lord. I mean, these are the arrows that our worship leader has flying at him all the time. And so, and, and, and so, but it's easy for me to, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do a couple hymns. No, really, I want three. Okay, yeah, 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 I'll fawn over, yeah, yeah, three hymns. Well, maybe we'll do a whole set of hymns. It's, but he's saying, no, I, if I please men, if I do that, I, I am going to be, I can't be, rather, a servant of Jesus Christ. That's what he says here in verse 10. Um, uh, and so what he's saying here is, is Jesus Christ has called me to set people free. Free from law, free from religion. And he's saying, my job is to please Jesus Christ. And by the way, your job is to please Jesus Christ. Your family's not gonna like it when you live to please Jesus Christ. You gotta make a choice. Do you live to please your family or do you uh, live to please um, um, the Lord Jesus Christ? It doesn't mean you're not loving with your family. It doesn't mean you don't talk to them with, with gentleness and kindness. But at the end of the day, you were called to please Jesus Christ. Not your family, not your coworkers, not your boss, not the stranger in the street. We always treat people with love. Remember, we were, you were crazy to love God and love people. But you, at the end of the day, when they're trying to twist your arm in order so that you 
basically compromise your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do that. You cannot. And so let's go on in verse 11. Verse 11. So in verses 11, actually all the way to the end of the chapter, what Paul does here is he, he sort of changes direction a little, or I shouldn't say that. He, he starts going in the same direction, but really in a different way. He's going to use his own personal testimony as an example of someone who came to Jesus believing the very simple gospel, come to Jesus plus nothing, and he will give you rest. He's gonna get, use his life as an example, and it's one powerful example. I love personal testimonies. When people are baptized at Calvary Chapel in the city, we hear their testimony before they get baptized. By the way, there's another ba baptism. If you're interested in getting baptized at 11.50 p.m. on December 31st, please tell me. We're having a baptism at a crossover service. And, and it was such a wonderful time last year listening to those testimonies on New Year's Eve. What a great way to end the year and, and then go into the new year. So if you've never been baptized, uh, please join us at that um, service. But that we share personal testimonies and they're always so powerful. But consider this one. Let's read it. Here's Paul's personal testimony. He said, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came to me through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, this is extraordinary. His testimony is extraordinary. He says here, again in verse 12, let's read it again. He says, I never received, meaning I... I never received the, uh, the good news about God. I never received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what he means by that is this. No human being ever came to him and said, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. You know, you, God created you to be in a perfect relationship with him, but you sinned, you messed it up, Jesus came to die for you. He never heard it like that from another man or woman. He heard it directly from Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. And we'll, we'll get more, um, we'll, we'll speak more about that on a future Sunday, but he's saying I, I, that's not how it, 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 it happened with me. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus, came to Paul and told him that. Actually, let's turn back. Take your Bibles and turn back to 1 Corinthians 15. First, it's, it's uh, immediately, it's, it's two books to the left. It, it should be just a few pages in your Bible, actually. Turn your Bibles back to 1 Corinthians 15, and, and we'll read about this, how, how Paul, when he first heard about Jesus, it wasn't from a Christian, it, it was from Jesus himself. Go with me to verse 3. In verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, 
that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas, who's Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep, meaning they died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And then it says, last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time, meaning the least deserving of any of these people. He came to me. He came to me. So let's read verse 13. So, of Galatians, back in Galatians chapter one. So we just read his personal testimony. He says, I, when I first heard about Jesus, it was directly from Jesus Christ himself. Jesus manifested himself. He appeared to me and, and showed himself to me. Verse 13. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. So Paul was a murderer. That's what he was before Jesus Christ manifested himself to him. Consider, you know, I know in this room, we all, there's, a, there's a lot of testimonies in this room and there's a lot of real bad stuff that we've done. But you, you weren't as bad as Paul. I'm sorry, you weren't. Consider this from Acts chapter, is it chapter 8? Verse 3, but Paul was ravaging the church, meaning he was ripping into it is the idea. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now what did he do after that? He wasn't satisfied with them being in prison. Next verse. Thank you, Victoria. Many of the saints I shut up in prison, the Christians. I shut them up in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. He celebrated. That's who Paul was. And so in verse 13, he says, a lot of you have heard of that. That's what I used to do. Let's go to verse 14. It says, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. Meaning Paul studied, this is before he came to Jesus again, but he studied the Bible more than anyone else. He prayed more than everyone else. He fasted more than everyone else. And he went to church, synagogue, more than anyone else. That's who Paul was he he went far beyond his peers next verse verse 15 galatians 1 but when it pleased god so he's just running through life as a madman and then god just came in and and said whoa stop but when it pleased god verse 15 who separated me from my mother's womb. And he called me through his grace to reveal his son in 
me. So I'm going to put this verse up, verse 15. Man, I can't tell you what this did to me. Studying and preparing this message by getting into this verse. It's another memory verse. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me, I sub- the substitute here, because of his grace to reveal his son in me. Meaning, while he was busy going from house to house, dragging men and women out of the house and putting them into prison. By the way, leaving children behind who would become orphans because he put the men and women to death. While he was in the very process of doing that, it says, when it pleased God, who had separated me from my mother's womb, he called me because of his grace to reveal his son in me. So, it says, notice again, God called Paul because of his grace. By his grace, some translations say through his grace. Some translations say according to his grace. It says when it pleased God, he called Paul into his grace. Does it say, Calvary Chapel, that God called Paul because he studied the Bible more than anyone else? Does it say that? Does it say that God called Paul because he prayed more than anyone else? Does it say that? Does it say God called Paul because he fasted more than anyone else? Does it say that? Does it say God called Paul because he went to church more than anyone else? Does it say that? No, it says God called him because of God's grace. Meaning what? What does it mean that God called him because or of his grace or through his grace? It means he called Paul in spite of the fact he had destroyed people's lives. He had crushed them. He had literally murdered them. We, again, we read in Acts chapter 3, he, he went about dragging men. It says ravaging the church, dragging Christian men and women out of their homes and then eventually killing them. It, 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 that's what it means that God called him into his grace. He's, he called Paul in spite of the fact he had destroyed people's lives. God called Paul because of his grace. Again, that verse, Acts chapter three, Acts chapter eight, verse three, but Paul was ravaging the church. And entering house after house, he dragged off men and women, committing them to prison. And again, in, in the next verse here, in Acts chapter uh, 26, 10, many of the saints this is Paul speaking, I shut up in prison and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. So when it says God called him in his grace, it means in spite of this, God called him. He called Paul. God called him because of grace. Now, if you remember from last week, we, we've come up with a working definition of grace. Grace is this. You deserve a punishment from God. Instead, you get a reward. Not because of anything good you have done, but because of what Jesus did for you. That's what Paul was called into. 
Now, but notice here in verse 15. If that wasn't amazing enough after the life that Paul led, it says it pleased God. It pleased God. Listen up, Calvary Chapel. I want you to get this. Oh man, we were praying for you in the 9.30 a.m. prayer group that you would get this. That it pleased God to call you. It pleased him to do that. But it gets better because notice how in verse 15 it says, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb to call me? You see that? Anyone get that? Do you understand what he's saying here? Do you understand the enormity, the staggering enormity of what he's saying here? At the time God decided to call Paul, he knew what Paul was going to be doing in his life. That's what it means. When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, to call me. Meaning, God had made that decision to call Paul into a loving relationship with him, knowing and even seeing him dragging men and women out of their house, putting them in prison and murdering them. So brother, sister, Calvary Chapel, man, woman who has never given your life to Jesus Christ, it pleased God to call you. Even though at the time he decided to call you, when you were brought out of your mother's womb, he knew you were going to commit that sin. He even saw it. He knew you would be unfaithful to your wife. He knew that. He knew that you would get that abortion. And he called you. He knew you would steal. He knew you would lie. He saw all the pride. He, he knew you would hate your neighbor rather than love your neighbor. He knew about your fits of rage. Your fits of rage when you lost all control and started throwing stuff and beating up on people. He knew that. He saw that. Prior to, say, prior to making that decision, prior to being pleased, it still pleased him. It pleased him to call you. Even seeing that, he knew about all those porn sites you would be in. He knew about your sexual orientation. He knew about your gender confusion. He knew you would cheat on those exams. He knew you would waste hundreds of hours on video games and social media. He knew you would uh, uh, feel, uh, fill yourself with music that glorified violence and sex and lyrics that cried out against God and hated God. He knew. He saw. He heard those lyrics. He 
He knew about the places your mind would go to place and hang out at, places, dark places that your mind should never go. He knew about that. He knew about your sin, but it says it pleased God to call you. It pleased God to call you into his grace. Into a, it says here in the beginning of verse 16, to reveal his son in you, to reveal Jesus Christ in you, to place Jesus Christ in you. When you come to Jesus believing in Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter one says at the moment that you give your life to Jesus Christ, that you come to him, says the Holy Spirit comes in and occupies. And never leaves you after that point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time. My prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3. When he told the Ephesian church, he prayed that he was praying for them that they would know the love of God, rather that they would know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. That you would know the love of God, which surpasses knowledge. When you know and understand the grace of God, when it goes from your head and listening to Pastor Steve's word to your heart and you really get the grace of God that it pleased him, it pleased him to call you. And he decided to, and he was pleased to call you at a time where he saw everything. When you get that, oh man, you're gonna start living for God. You're going to start bringing glory to God. You're going to start serving him. You're going to come to the place where the best thing in the world is just to spend time with God in his presence. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, to call me by grace and to reveal his son in me, why don't you rise for the closing worship song? If you've been asked to pray, if you could come up at this time. If you have been asked to pray, if you could come up at this time. We're going to close with a worship song. If you'd like to come up for prayer, we'll be up here. To pray with you. Maybe you want to come up and just thank God. Man, if you want to do that, come to me. I want to hear you thank God. I'll be up here waiting for you. Or maybe you want... this whole grace thing that it 
you have a hard time understanding that God loves you this much, that he actually, it pleased him to call you. Or maybe you don't even believe that he's called you. Come up, let's pray about that. One of these prayer calls. If there's anything else in your mind that you'd like to pray about, anything else on your heart, you can come up to this time. Otherwise, worship, your closing worship song. Father, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that that word would go from our, from our minds to our hearts, Lord. The result being a life that loves you, follows you, worships you. allows you to live through. I pray this in Jesus' name.